Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Teacher Takeaway podcast. We are up to season three, episode 11, where today we are discussing feedback. I'm Beck, and I am joined with one of our regular hosts, Aaron Johnston. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. Alison James are just MIA today. No, we know exactly where they are. They're enjoying the first day of the holidays while we are just here ready to go with our guest tonight, Matthew Green. That is one T for the Matthew. He is an assistant principal uh, who has decided to join us tonight to delve into this conversation, but he is also one of our fellow podcasters. He hosts the Art of Teaching podcast where he has important conversations with the best minds in education and leadership. Recently celebrated 100 episodes and we're talking the likes of Eddie Wu, Professor Viviane Robinson, Professor Parsi Salberg, Dr. Simon Breakspear and Professor John Hattie, just to name a few. We are super excited to have you with us tonight, Matthew. Thank you so much. It's uh, It really is a, a, a privilege to be with you this after, uh, this evening. Um, and I am um, I'm in awe of the work that you guys are doing on the Teacher Takeaway podcast. So to be part of the, the conversation is a huge privilege. Thank you so much for having me. We're excited. Now, Aaron and I kind of know you behind the scenes as well. So bear with us, guys, if we just decide to go down a rabbit hole of random conversation. We do have questions to try and keep us on task, but (laughs) you never know with us. Um, So let's get started with tell us a bit about yourself and your journey so far as an educator for those of the people listening who don't know you as well as we do. Sure. Uh, Well, I've been teaching for uh, about 15 years now, um, and the last uh, seven or so have been in various leadership positions uh, today actually marks my one year um, in a substan- my first year in a substantive assistant principal role, uh, which is really exciting. So I got to um, at least uh, this year really uh, dig my roots deep into my school. I'm part of a wonderful school, and I genuinely think uh, I have the best job in the world. But to kind of go back to the beginning, I started in the independent sector for a couple of years. Um, I was getting married and I needed a job uh, and they were hiring. So I applied and got the job uh, and then I moved uh, into the Department of Education uh, where I am now and worked in a number of uh, different schools, uh, a number of low socioeconomic schools around uh, southwestern Sydney. Um, and then I'm more recently uh, in uh, I'm in a school in Campbelltown uh, in southwestern Sydney. I, like I said, I genuinely have the best job in the world. Uh, I get to stand in front of uh, groups of students every day and talk to them about the things that they can be when they grow up. Um, I get to work with the most amazing team, uh, both my stage two team uh, and also an ex- the executive team that I work with. And these are some incredible people that are just so committed to uh, just changing the lives of young people. And I can't believe that I get to do what I do. Uh, on a more personal level, uh, I've got two uh, little girls. Uh, I am very fortunate to have two strong, very, very strong-minded, independent girls, um, one of which just started kindergarten. So these discussions that we're having tonight about how to improve teaching and learning for our kids is that little bit extra, uh, a little bit more personal, should I say, um, because my uh, precious five-year-old is in the system and to see her come back from school every day, um, so excited to, to learn, so excited to have a library bag, so uh, passionate about um, her Easter hat parade that was this week is just an incredible privilege. And it's a reminder that in New South Wales, and I know you're um, funding in from uh, Queensland, Beck, um, but we are we are one system in this country and we are committed to ensuring that all kids 
have the best possible learning outcomes that they can. So um, it's a it's a huge privilege to get to do what we do. Uh, I would not do uh, anything else. Um, it is an incredibly challenging job, uh, which um, I'm sure you're aware of, Beck and Aaron. But the fact that we get to do this is a is a phenomenal privilege. So uh, yeah, it's a real. Um, uh, I'm really excited to get to be with you today. So thank you. That's kind of me, kind of me in a nutshell. Um, yeah, I never wanted to do anything else other than teaching, and uh, yeah, it's a privilege to get to do it. And. We're so stoked that you're here to chat with us tonight. So <laughs> thank you, Aaron. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good conversation. So we're gonna gonna kick it off and get straight into it. And this is like a, a huge question, and we could just park ourselves on this one for probably a good number of hours. Um, but let's talk about what feedback is and why it matters. What what would you say, Matt? What is feedback and why does it matter? Yeah, um, it's feedback is incredibly important. Um, and uh feedback. Um, I, I'm looking, I'm not sure if the people that are listening to this are familiar with the What Works Best um, uh, 2020 update, um, and I'm just quoting from that at the moment, and it says that effective feedback provides students with relevant, explicit, ongoing, constructive, and actionable information about their performance against learning outcomes from the syllabus. So I'll break that down into non-teacher talk for everybody else. Um Feedback is just about um, uh, uh, talking to students about how they're going um, and also helping them to get to the next step in their learning. And I think this definition from what works best is really important. And, and some of the, uh, the words that I really wanted to pull out was that it needs to be relevant. It needs to be explicit and it needs to be actionable. So if we turn around to a student and say, and I'd, I was guilty of doing this for the first 10 years of my teaching career. So I'm very much learning how to do this, but I used to put a stamp on a student's work and say, well done, or nice job. And that was really well-meaning, but it actually doesn't provide students with some actionable information. And so my process on giving feedback has really changed over the last probably five to six years, where I'm actually thinking about what are the next steps for the students? It's not okay just to say, good job, you're a legend. We actually need to help them get to that next step. And so for me, feedback is something which is, incredibly important and it's part of a dynamic and part of a, a classroom that is uh, explicit and also constructive so essentially important and uh yeah i think as we'll talk about later is uh, feedback is one of those things that is um uh it really does kind of help keep our classroom moving um and incredibly important but uh yeah, and in, uh, I'm sure your listeners are aware of the amazing work um, of Professor John Hattie, um, but he says that feedback is one of the most powerful influences on learning and achievement. But research has also shown that this feedback can either be positive or negative. Although feedback is among the major influences, the type of feedback and the way in which it can be sorry, the way it is given can be differentially effective, and that's from visible learning. So feedback, to answer your question, is really important. Um, it's also focused on um, processes and giving students a next step. Um, and it's also really important that we give student feedback in, in a timely way. So that was a really long winded definition of feedback, but it's, it's important and we should do it. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And you basically said exactly how I feel about yeah. um, how I used to give feedback. I think yeah. back to, you know, those early days of my teaching career where, yep, gave them a stamp, gave them a sticker, um, but did it really have an impact on their learning? It probably mm -hmm. didn't. And um, 
but yeah, I've spent probably yeah the last six years really going on the journey of learning more about feedback. And like you were saying, it's it's got to lead the student somewhere. Like the way I always put it, and you know, John Hattie talks about it a lot in his books, is it's about closing the gap. Feedback is about closing that gap in learning and yeah. asking those questions, you know, where am I and where am I going to? Um, yeah. You know, and making sure that's really clear to our students. You know, this is where you're at. This is what you're doing well, but this is where we need to go to next and this is how we're going to get there. Um, and it's not a one-off thing, but like you said, yeah. it's a continual process that we're continually giving them feedback and letting them know how they're doing um, in a real tangible way other than great job. And, and I think, Aaron, you raise, you raise a really important point there, and I'm guilty of this too, and trust me, like, I am, uh, I feel like I'm speaking to you guys who are um, extremely um, uh, experienced in this. And I, 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 I'm on this journey as well of just trying to learn how to do a better job as a teacher. And I'm guilty of as well, collecting books, waiting a few days, going through, signing and dating them, giving it, giving it feedback and actually giving students feedback and not actually taking the time mm -hmm. in a way that is meaningful um, and also timely. And as I said, like I, I'm learning to um, what I've started doing in the last couple of years is let's just say, for example, you take a writing lesson, actually doing a little student conference with those writers as they're producing writing and giving them feedback along the way. Because sometimes if you wait to the end of the task or you in some cases wait days or, or even weeks later to actually sit down and give them explicit, explicit feedback, it's too late. Students need to know there and then what they can do next. And Look, I know, um, Aaron and Beck, that teachers are busy. Like, we don't have time to sit down with 28 kids every day and give them five or six pieces of feedback. But what I try and do is just give a handful of students really meaningful feedback as regularly as I can. Because we do not have the time to, um, like I said, do a student conference uh, every single period that we're teaching. So what I try and do is just choose a handful of students. It could be, for example, my bottom writers or my top writers or my middle mathematicians and just give them some really explicit and really meaningful uh, feedback on their next step. Um, and so it is difficult, but I, I think it's probably better as in all things, it's better to do quality than quantity. Um, and um, as an educator and as someone that has been teaching a while, I, I, I realize that we need to, I always try and do for a few what I wish I could do for the whole class. And it may just mean to say, for example, today we were working on geography um, and I gave feedback to about eight students on their geography work that they were doing. I couldn't do the whole class, but next next term I'll, I'll do the next couple of students. And so I think taking the time to give a few pieces of explicit high quality feedback uh, to students is, yeah, it, it's really important. But I'm sure later on we'll talk about some of the, the structures and the systems that we can put in place to develop that culture of feedback in our classroom. But uh, it's it's not as hard as it sounds. Um, uh, yeah, I know we're busy, but I think we can, um, if we can give some of that feedback in a way that is timely and meaningful, it really can make a difference as, as the work of Hattie shows. Now, Matthew, that sounds like you were actually teaching curriculum on the last day of term. Aren't we meant to just be watching movies and colouring in on the last day? Because, you know, that's what teachers yeah. do. <laughs> I know. Well, back, back to be fair, it was the morning. The middle session was a little bit <laughs> uh, and we had to get stuff done. So, yes, uh, we did try That's and squeeze. Yeah. But, but can I um, uh, can I sort of 
ask you as the host, uh, kind of what that looks like um, in your school. So how do you provide opportunities to give students feedback or, or how have you in the past in, in previous schools that you've been in? Yeah, I can't really speak from current because we're setting up a new school and we're setting up our culture and expectations and our system. Yeah. So, um, but I suppose I can, um, no, I can utilize this as an opportunity because we're talking about um, one of the things that has been a priority for us is building relationships, starting a new school, fostering relationships, getting to know our students, our teachers, our parents and community. And that involves feedback as well. So a lot of the um, students that have come to us uh, are all brand new to the area, brand new to the state even. Uh, some are up here seeking a new life because it's just too expensive to live anywhere else. So New South Wales, Victoria, um, New Zealand, we've got families from New Zealand as well. So uh, coming mm -hmm. into a brand new school, we're setting up our cultural expectations, our behavioural expectations, our um, standards for, you know, what looks like quality learning in the classroom. A lot of that, you know, revolves around behaviour first and foremost. Kids come in, they don't have friendships, they don't have their peer groups, they don't have their structures. They may not even have family or friend groups outside of school as well as support. Yeah, wow. So the feedback we're providing around social interactions, our social skills and the way we communicate yeah. to each other has been really, really clear. So we've developed this really consistent language across the school with our teachers, with all of our staff, even our, you know, front of office staff around how we talk to each other, how we show respect for each other. So we've got our school values, like our school motto, and then our school expectations, three expectations, which you might refer to as three rules anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and they are um, show respect, value safety, and accept responsibility. So right. one of the consistent pieces there is that when we're giving feedback to a student about their behaviour, we're really clear on when you did this, it wasn't valuing safety. And we value safety here at our school because you are important to us. Your safety is important to us. So when we're giving that feedback, it's clear and consistent language across the entire school. Doesn't matter if it's one of our littlest kids or one of our oldest kids. And we're using that same language when we talk to parents. If there's been a, a concern or an incident, you know, this was not safe. It wasn't valuing safety. And when, you know, when right. we enrolled and we talked about what our school expectations were and, and everything, this is what we agreed to. Um, and it's made it um, a really positive way to have conversations with parents. It's been uh, very consistent. It doesn't matter right. which teacher is talking to that child. It's same language, um, which has really helped in building that culture across the school. So I, I think yeah. that's probably something that's really um, important across your school or your classroom is keep language consistent, keep that message consistent, keep the approach yeah. consistent. So that when kids come to you for feedback, they know it's not about getting in trouble or being called stupid or not being able to do something as good as someone else. It's literally just helping me get to my next point that I'm yeah. learning at. Beck, Beck, I love that. And I think like there's, there's the quote that I think really resonates with this and it's from grant wiggins and it says that feedback is not advice praise or evaluation feedback is information about how we are going in our efforts to reach our goal and i think that's really important um it, it's not it's not criticism it's not uh us having a go at another student or another staff member it's actually about helping them to achieve their next step and um i i think that's really great and um, the point that you raised about that is it's actually 
it should come from a place of service and a place of actually trying to help and empower students to get to their next learning space and uh, learning place, sorry. And, and we'll probably a little bit later on talk about how we actually set up our classroom for that in terms of waltz and wilfs and waggles and all of that, all of those learning intentions and success criteria and whatever we're calling them now. Um, but I love uh, going back to that comment we we're talking about before about like timely feedback. Um, I've got a quote from uh, Jan uh, Chapius. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's effective feedback occurs during the learning while there is still time to act on it. And I think that is so important to consider. And I know what I try and do with my students is I actually sit next to them or I crouch down and get on their level or I work on the floor with them. I've ripped that many pairs of trousers and ruined that many formal shirts. It's ridiculous. Um, but I, I really try and um, quote unquote get onto their level so that I can provide them with that feedback as they're working. And if you came into my classroom, um, I'm fortunate this year, I'm what we call a multi-class AP, which means I'm across all of my stage. Um, so it means I get to go into all of the classes that I supervise. And I'm always on the floor. I'm always scribbling on bits of paper with kids. I'm always getting down onto their level and giving them advice and support and scaffolding. I mean, if you walked into my classroom or a lesson that I was teaching, there's very little sitting at desk and looking at the front. It's really quite uh, interactive. And uh, it's uh, what are you sorry, Aaron? What are your thoughts on that? Like, is it sort of similar with you? So I don't want to I don't want to sort of hijack the hosting of the podcast here, but uh, but yeah, what uh, yeah, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I absolutely agree with um, everything that Beck was saying. I know um, one thing that we um, talked about in my classroom in particular, we had that really clear, consistent language. And um, I was very particular about the wording that I used around um, how we gave feedback and the meaning behind it. So in my classroom, we were very big on glows and grows. And, and people right. might have heard of, you know, stars and wishes, um, but I went with glows and grows, particularly um, obviously glows to celebrate the great things and recognizing that, you know, there are positives um, in everything that we do and, and focusing on those. But the grow part for me was really important because I wanted to emphasize to the students that, you know what, I can give you the feedback, but just like, you know, it takes a plant to grow, we've actually got to put some effort in. Um, it doesn't just magically happen. It's not, it isn't a wish. It's not just going to magically happen. We, we actually have to put in work and sometimes, you know, it's quick. You know, there are certain plants out there that they do, they sprout really quickly. And there are ones that it looks like nothing is happening for a very long time. Um, and that's okay too. But Love what that. we have to keep doing is every single day, we have to water that thing. We have to care for it. We have to give it the right conditions and that's a responsibility of, of me mm. as a teacher, but also on them as learners too, yeah. is that it's, it's, a, it's a team effort. And so we were really particular and we did a lot of teaching and scaffolding around that language and the meaning behind it. So I, hopefully when they got the feedback, it was actually actioned and more effective because yeah. we've done a lot of learning and teaching around the glows yeah. and grows at the beginning. I love that. And I know as a, um, as a team as well, we've been looking at that sort of democratization of our classrooms, like gone are the days, thank goodness, where me, myself as the teacher is the holder of the knowledge. I mean, Google is way smarter and way quicker and way more capable at, at, at recalling information than I am. But what Google can't do is create that culture 
in which students can thrive. And so um, when we talk about that, that de democratization, democratization, sorry, of the classroom, um, it's actually about um, allowing, look, we are in charge of the classroom, we are in control, I get that, but it's also providing opportunities for our students to be able to feel like they're empowered as well. And practically what that has looked like in my uh, in my class for many years is I got rid of my teacher's desk and it worked for me. Um, I didn't have a central focal point in my classroom that desks weren't all facing towards the front. There were um, usable wall spaces, butcher's paper, post-it notes all around the classroom. And what I did is I actually, I actually, um, I, I allowed students to find their own answers and be empowered themselves as opposed to coming to me. And part of that is I didn't want to tell a student 38 times how to spell the word house because it was just annoying. And so what I did is I actually allowed um, them opportunities to, to create their own learning. And, and so that also allowed me to incorporate a number of different types of feedback and really reduce the pressure on myself as the teacher. So things like peer coaching and empowering students to actually provide feedback to their peers and it says that John Hattie says that the mo most of the feedback that students received about their classroom, sorry, most of the, the powerful feedback that students receive about their classroom is actually from other students. And that idea of peer feedback is extremely important. As you mentioned, Aaron, the, the, the grows in a glow or the three stars and the wish are, are, are really important because you can then relate that back to the learning intentions and success criteria. Um, and also um, I use, I'm constantly um, getting feedback from my students and my team about some of those more um, uh, abstract concepts, like how do you actually feel in my class? Uh, we're incredibly fortunate in our school that we uh, all have iPads. So at any point, a student can go up to my desk or go up to my office, sorry, scan a QR code and it take them to a Google form and they can tell me how they feel. And what is really interesting is if students have been in trouble, they tend to give me some pretty harsh feedback. Uh, but um, <laughs> I want to I capture that information um, because as a leader, I, I wanted a way to kind of quantify um, some of those more unseen things in my classroom. So um, I've worked really hard and we've worked really hard as a stage to provide uh, to not only give students the opportunity to receive feedback in a number of meaningful ways, um, but also for them to give us feedback. Um, I was doing a, an interview a little while ago, and forgive me, I can't remember who it was, but they were saying that the um, teaching is one of the only industries where we actually don't ask the clients what they want, and the clients are our students. And it really made me think about, we need to take the time to ask our students and, and figure out what other things that actually help them learn and what are the things that actually help them to mm. uh, thrive in a school environment. And so, yeah, that really stuck with me. So I, I think there's a number of different ways. You don't have to be the sole giver and dealer out of feedback in your classroom. You can empower other people to do that um, and also begin to create that culture within your learning space that feedback is not a scary thing. It's not criticism. It's just part of what we do to try and get better. So, yeah, I think there's so many different ways that we can do that. It doesn't have to be about your teaching when you're asking your kids to give feedback. It can be around the what yeah. do you think works best for you or how totally. do you think you learn best? It's not just because I'm using 
uh, yeah, the iPads to support learning, the kids could literally say, I don't feel confident using the iPads. Therefore, I don't feel like I'm concentrating when I'm learning as opposed to the other kid that is like, I know, I definitely know how to use my iPads. I love learning on them. It's not about you as a teacher, not teaching in a way that suits me. It's about the kid acknowledging this particular practice does or doesn't work for me. It's not that it's taking away the personal nature of the feedback. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think like, I, Becky raised a really important point. I mean, feedback does feel personal. It, it does. It, it, it doesn't have to be because it isn't. Um, but I think sometimes it's very easy when someone gives you feedback, whether that be a colleague or whether it be a student to kind of go, no, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. And so creating those spaces in which feedback is just part of what we do. Um, it doesn't have to be this big goal that we're aiming for it can be part of the culture of our classroom um and yeah i think that's a really important point that you raised there Beth. i think that loops nicely into <laughs> your next question Aaron. i think we've kind of done we've got yeah we could continue forever around what does feedback look like exactly. in the classroom yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What, We're on a roundabout now. Like it's yeah. just what what do you reckon? Um, let's talk about feedback that does and doesn't work. Right. What have you what have you learned? What what feedback does work and what have you learned doesn't work? Okay. Um, Aaron, I think that's a really important question. And I would love um obviously all of your inputs with this because it's a really complicated one. Um, but I know the feedback that doesn't work uh, in terms of student feedback for me is student that's a feedback that's given way after the task that's done. And so if I'm providing students feedback on their writing a week later, it's really meaningless because there's nothing that they don't remember why they did that piece of writing and why they made those decisions. So I think it has to be timely. Um, I, I, another thing that I think type of feedback that doesn't work is feedback that isn't specific. So as we mentioned before, if I say, oh, well done, even though it's really well intending, it doesn't give you a next step. So I think it has to be timely. Um, it has to be um, meaningful. And I think it has to be specific. So, for example, um, uh, Aaron, you might say, like, I love the way that you use adjectives in your creative writing. I love the way you use full stops. One of your grows could be uh, use capital letters and full stops for proper nouns. And I know I'm making it really simple, um, but that's really actionable. So next time the student goes mm. to do a piece of writing, you can say, hey, we talked about the things you're doing really well, but how about next time um, edit your work and make sure you've added capital letters and full stops. If we give them feedback and say, next time write a better story, like what, is that, what does that actually mean? I think mm. it needs to be meaningful. Um, it needs to be specific and it also needs needs to be timely um, because, uh, as I said, I, I think I'd prefer to go um, a lot more specific than I would broadly because you need students need to know what does success look like. Um, I think feedback that works really well, and, and, and please, everyone, feel free to jump in. I'm sure you've got lots of ideas as well. But I, I think a feedback that works really well is when you actually – you're really clear with the students. I mean, there's that that Brene Brown quote and she talks about clear is kind. And I think there's so many times that I haven't been clear with my students and then I expect them to be able to read my mind. Um, that's just not fair. And so I think we have to be really clear with our students. And for example, what I do in my classroom is I 
I put a waggle of what a good one looks like on the board. And this isn't, and we're fortunate to be in Apple school. So they've all got iPads. I'll take a photo of a student's work and I'll cast it onto the screen. And this doesn't have to be the star writers. This can be little Johnny who's really struggling to write a full sentence, but I've noticed as I'm walking around, he does something really well. So what I can do is I can broadcast that onto the screen. I can say, hey, guys, check out what little Johnny's done. I love that he has used capital letters. I love that he's used finger spaces. And little Johnny might be in year six, but he's probably not going to be that student that gets his work displayed. So that does an immense, uh, that gives him an immense amount of pride to see other students go, wow, look at that. I'm really proud of you. And so I might walk around to another student and say, I love Sheila, Johnny and Sheila, random names. Uh, Sheila, I love uh, the way that you have used conjunctions in your sentence and you can take a photo and you can broadcast it on the screen. And so I think that's really important because if we just show Sheila's work to the whole class, little Johnny's sitting there going, I'm just trying to find a pencil. I don't know what to do. And so I think we have to make sure that feedback mm. is specific and it's meaningful to each student. And I feel so sorry for those students that um, maybe are sort of sitting in the middle of the class, but they don't get that recognition. And so in my class, what I try and do is I, I, I walk around and I try and notice specific things that a range of students are doing and then praise them accordingly. Because I know there'll be a whole range of little Johnnies looking at, in the classroom that go, wow, I can do that. I might not be able to do what Sheila can do, but I can do what little Johnny can do. And so I think making sure it's meaningful, specific, and also like relevant to the students, because like if I'm running a race against Elliot Kipchoge, who's a amazing marathon runner there's no point in me even trying because he's gonna by the time i finish like by the time i finish warming up he's finished the race and so it's completely meaningless comparing myself with somebody who is that competent and that great but what i can do is i can um compare myself to somebody which is at my level or even slightly um uh, slightly above my level so um yeah I, I think meaningful feedback is incredibly powerful it's just it's so students that they are heard, it shows students that they are valued and, and it also um, empowers students to be able to identify and to work towards their next step. But did you guys have any, any so I kind of rambled a bit there. <laughs> I'm getting passionate about feedback just before nine o'clock. Love it, last night. love it. No, yeah, um, I, love it. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I was thinking, um, like you said, we've, and we've all done it before. Oh, let's, let's talk about this thing we did a week ago. Yeah, um, I do it, yeah. yeah. And even I used to, you know, I for, for um, an example, I used to, you know, particularly writing, get my kids writing books at the end of the day and write this beautiful feedback, which glows and it grows. And then I'm like, they're not going to read it. Like they're, they're not going to, they're not going to flip back and read it. And, and I can make them, I can say, go and read it. Blah, like, you know, before you start your next piece of writing, let's read the feedback. Um, but I found for me a way to make that more effective is similar to what you were saying. I would give them written feedback, but it would be based on a conversation. And I would yeah. just pick a couple of kids each time um, to give that specific feedback to, to sit with them, have a conversation. I really like this next time let's work on this and we would write it in our book together right. um that was really making that written feedback that i was giving yeah. um i think more meaningful and the making sure that the kids were actually you know absorbing yeah. it and were there for the conversation but i had in my mind for such a long time that i'm not doing a good job unless i sit down and i write in all 30 books at the end of the day um when the reality is they're probably not really taking it in 
So yeah. that was a that was a tweak I made to I think make my written feedback more effective because it was a conversation that yeah. we then recorded together in our book. And and I also don't think, and this is maybe a little bit controversial. I don't think you need to give a piece of feedback a feedback on every piece of work that the kids have done. Absolutely, um, I, I just exactly think you, right. I just don't think you have like time for it. Like like think about this: you might teach six different periods a day. You've got thirty kids in your class. That's six times thirty, which is a bit of quick maths: one hundred and eighty pieces of feedback in each day. You've got five days. It's just impossible. And, and I kind of got sick of getting to the end of the day and having six pi- complete piles of classwork that I needed to go through and mark. And it just wasn't meaningful. Um, it wasn't, um, it, it, it didn't help me as a teacher. It wasn't sustainable. And so I thought, you know what, I need to change the way I'm doing this. And I think the whole idea of less is more is is really important. I mean, I would love to sit down with every single student and give them personalized feedback all the time. But the reality is I, I, I probably can't do that. So I think a couple of pieces of really explicit, timely, meaningful feedback can, can work wonders. And it's much better than some generic thing. And look, don't get me wrong. I love a scratch and sniff sticker. Like I stick them all over my books. I love those things. You know, I love um, stamps and making things look pretty, but let's not kid ourselves and think that just because something's pretty, just because your classroom looks like it's belongs on Instagram, it doesn't necessarily mean that great learning um, is, um, is happening in that classroom. And I think sometimes a little bit of, uh, chaos and mess is okay. Uh, but we need to get back to actually providing our students with some meaningful feedback and being okay with going, I can't do this for everyone today, but what I can do is do for a handful of students, as I said, um, what I would like to be able to do for everyone. And yeah, I think let's just, sometimes the concept of feedback is so difficult and it's like, oh my gosh, it's another thing I've got to do. And let's just take a breath here and think, um, okay, I don't have time to do everything, but what I have the time to do is things that are really going to make a difference. And the research proves that um, that, that research is what, sorry, that feedback is one of those things that really does make a difference if we do it right. I think leaning into the explicit timeliness, timeliness, wait, I'm in holiday mode. That's a word, right? Yes. Explicit and timely. Um, you know, the stuff with Brene Brown around clear is kind, absolutely. But explicit is key when it comes to feedback. We can't think we're being, what we think is clear to kids, not necessarily clear, very explicit. And like you said, that can come from the learning intentions and success criteria, but the timely part as well, timely is different for each kid. So there are those kids in the class that absolutely need it even in the moment they're doing it. Yes, that thing you are doing right now, you are absolutely on track. You are nailing it. That's what you're meant to be doing. Or hang on a second, buddy. Let's reflect for a second. Is this what we're meant to be doing? Let's have a think. Let's look at our instructions. Let's look at the board. Let's look at our resources Mm -hmm. or scaffolds or whatever we've got in place. And then there are other students likely the more independent, more capable students in your class that will be fine to receive that feedback the next day from perhaps even a ticker box that is the learning intention success criteria dot points with a little scale on there that says achieved, working towards. There are those kids that are capable. We can still scaffold and and create a spectrum, I suppose, of what feedback Mm -hmm. 
what timely looks like for those kids. So if you're thinking yeah, I can only great. do for a handful of kids that day, perhaps it's the kids that you know absolutely right. need it that day. There might be some kids that can have that conversation with you later. Um, or there might even be those kids. That, I mean, if you're in a secondary school, and you're thinking, I don't see that kid for three more days. And that is the next, the only next chance that I get to give them feedback. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're using Google Classroom or OneNote or whatever, you might be able to give it immediately for them. One of my pet peeves as a parent is I know my kids have sat an exam and they're waiting two weeks to get their results back. So we get the results back and they might even bring the test home and you'll be like, okay, so what happened here? They're like, ah. They don't know, like you said, they don't know what they were thinking at the time they did that. Yeah. I'm guessing as a parent where they went wrong or or what they did or was that question that they got right actually because they have mastered that skill or was it just a guess? Like, <laughs> we don't know. Um, but, yeah, it, yeah, I can imagine it's very hard in secondary to provide that yeah. feedback in a timely manner for those kids that need it. I can tell you, though, a massive do um, is based on, feedback my daughter received recently for Japanese. So in New South Wales, she wasn't um, doing a language in primary school. They do it in primary school up here though. So the, the kids that she's in a class with have been doing it probably since year three or four. Um, and so I contacted her teacher just to give her the heads up. She has not been doing this as long as the other kids. Uh, let me know if there's anything we need to do to help get her up to speed. But the teacher said, no, no, there's some apps and videos out there if you want to. It's my job to get her on track and differentiate for her. She's come out with an amazing grade at the end of it, but the best feedback that she got from her teacher wasn't, yeah, you got an A. The feedback was, I'm so proud of how much you, how much effort you put into this, that. knowing that you weren't at the same level as the other kids. I'm so proud of you. Like hearing that from the teacher, I'm so proud of you. That's the kind of thing that kids that. absolutely lean into um, because it's not about you were the best in the class. It was yeah. you tried so hard. And, and I think, like, Beck, there's so many important points about that, about firstly, like, knowing your students, the age of your students is really important, and also, like, like praising effort. And I know there are just some kids that are, like, we, we try, but they're just not going to be where they need to be at the end of the year. And, like, we can't just keep saying, oh, well, that's not good enough, or you need to try, you need to do this, or, and I think praising effort is so important. And I know, I, I've learned so much of being a dad to, to young kids and I it's just taught me so much about life and I know my my little one started playing soccer and look let's be honest she's not great um and so she's <laughs> I mean I can say that and look but I my wife and I have just really started to praise her effort I mean it was pouring with rain last week she was kicking the ball the wrong way towards her own goal and it was just a just a nightmare but she um she was really trying and she let she she was subbed off because there was someone else coming in and was really upset and shivering and cold. And she said, mommy, and I'm the coach of the team. And she said, mommy, I don't want to go back on. And five minutes later, she was back out there. She dusted herself off and had to go. And to get to sit with her on the sidelines afterwards and say, I'm so proud of the effort you put in and to see her face light up is, it is so incredibly meaningful. And so Beck, I think praising effort is, 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 is essential when it comes to giving feedback uh, because we want to have those resilient, students that um that get up and have a go you might not be great at it but you're having a go um and being aware that sometimes you can't well you can't quantify effort in terms of a grade but you can notice it if you take the time if you get to know your students if you're actively engaged in your class you can see those kids that are really trying and and 
I tell you what, like if you've given a piece of feedback like that to a kid, if you've bent down to their level, looked them in the eyes and said, I'm so proud of the way that you did this. I'm so proud of how you got back up when it was difficult. I'm so uh, proud of the way that even though your brain was sweating and you were stressed out that you managed to find a way through, then to see their face light up is, yeah, it's just priceless. And so it's, I think it's important to realize that feedback can exist in so many different forms. Um, and it's important to, as you said, to know the students that are under your care and to know the language that they will best respond to. Um, yeah, it's really important. And we have such and a It's Just love the thumbs up. Sometimes just that yeah. you're on track, you know. Oh, yeah. the, oh, sorry. I am sticking my thumbs up for people listening. I'm forgetting we're podcasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sometimes that can make all the difference in the world to the kid that just needs it. It's so interesting that you yeah. say as well, too, we can't quantify effort, yet we do. We stick it on report cards. We can quantify achievement results. We stick effort on there, but effort for everyone is a different thing. Like Mm -hmm. effort for that kid that, you know, knowledge kind of comes to them a bit easier than perhaps the kid sitting next to them, but we're grading them. We're grading them on effort. And that's such an individualized, I I guess I, I would take into account when I have been giving effort scores to kids on reports in my years, that I've been going for that kid, that's 100% effort. That is an outstanding mm. effort for that kid. Even though that kid achieves a higher mark, they're really not putting full effort in. They're kind of phoning it in. Like, yeah, how and do you it, judge that? And it's almost like I think it's probably the most important part of a report card is the amount of effort and resilience our kids are displaying and not necessarily the the outcome that they've achieved. I think it's really important to be able to celebrate effort and and I know today I was working with us, I was working um, at like a jelly bean table with a bunch of students and there was a kid across from me and he was really struggling and trying to, he couldn't work out an answer. Um, and then I looked at him five minutes later and he'd figured it out. And just for him, like a simple thumbs up to him to say, I'm proud of you. I see you. I value the effort that you've put in was really meaningful. And he, he came up to me at recess and said, Mr. Green, that was, I loved that lesson. I can't wait for next term. And feedback can be just as simple as a smile, as a nod, as a as a thumbs up. But I think, um, like you said, Beck, taking the time to get to know what is most meaningful to the students in our care, because we are we are big kids and we need different things from our supervisors and we need different types of feedback. And it, it's good to remember that like all kids are not the same. They require different things. Great, really great thought. I'm just sitting here pondering a few things that I'm like, yeah. There's so much I'm in. Gonna, I'm going to, yeah, think more on that because it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's so important. And we've talked a lot about giving feedback. And I guess um, we were probably going to delve into, I guess, talking about how we give colleagues feedback, but I think we're running out of time because we've just talked too much about this. We might have to get you back to talk more about that than that but um I do have a question I do want to pose um still talking about student feedback is um you know we've given the feedback we've we've made it timely we've made it explicit but how do we I guess how do we help students then put it into practice how do we help it go from being I've done my part what happens next yeah that is a a really big that is a podcast series in itself there but I'll, I'll I'll try and answer it in a few points um 
I think um, accountability is really important. Um, and, and sometimes the word accountability, I think, can have like negative connotations that we're sort of twisting people's arms and forcing them to do things. But I would say, and what I do with my kids is I say, look, like this is something which um, you said you wanted to work on. This is a piece of writing that you've done, obviously talking about English. Um, it doesn't seem to... It, it doesn't seem to match up. So these are things which we know are important, but when I look at your work, you're missing them. And what I would do is I would get the previous work and the posts or the pre and post and show them and say, look, how can we improve this? How can we get better? Um, and so I think giving them the kind of holding them to the standards that they've set um, and also holding them to the standards that we expect. I mean, we we I expect a lot of my kids because I know they're capable. And I think um, like holding them accountable to... Um, uh, uh to expectations is it can be a really powerful thing if it's if it's empowering so mm. uh, i think it's very important to go back and review the feedback that you've given the kids and also to sit with them and say hey like how can i help you get from here to here um and look if i remember like when i was learning to to ride a bike i, I remember falling off <laughs> like 15 times and i'm so glad my mum didn't turn around after the second time and say look you're useless you're never going to be able to cycle never going to be able to ride a bike because that would be horrific and heartbreaking and and so look i i think and the reason why i bring that up is a bit of a random uh story but i i, I think that we need to also give our kids a little bit of grace if we're teaching them how to ride a great piece of persuasive writing they're not going to go from having no idea to fulfilling it the next day we need to go on the process with them and help and support them and also play the long game but um all you need to do is go through students books from the beginning of term to the end of the term and just to see that incredible growth um mm. but i think yeah holding them to it is important we do a lot of work around like student goal setting um and so we have post-it notes at basically an a4 piece of paper with four different color post-it notes on your blue might be english your maths your uh, your uh, uh, gosh like a social goal and also it could be another goal and all I do is once I see evidence of a student achieving their goal I always say I need to see it three times so if you're working on capital letters and full stops I need to see three pieces of work with capital letters and full stops and then what they do is they they, they go and stick a new post-it note on top of their old one and then that's a really wonderful piece of evidence that I can collect when it comes to writing reports so I think uh, allowing students to um to rise to our expectations is so important um but also um uh also allowing them to to see what success is i think it's yeah mm -hmm. essential once again a very long-winded question and feel free to edit that in half uh but uh yeah it's no, that was great it's important because students and staff tend to rise to the expectations that we have for them yeah. um and so I, I think we need to be mindful of the challenges that our kids may be bringing to our classroom, but also teach them that they are capable of amazing things. And as an educator, um, I think we need to, uh, with grace and with patience and kindness, hold them to those expectations. Because if my, like a, a bit of a, um, an aside, but when I was at, I was in year three, I had an amazing teacher and I was from a pretty horrible background my family just separated and it was pretty awful and I'm so glad my teacher didn't just say oh look at Matt he's sad let's just give him a free pass for the year and he doesn't need to do anything <laughs> I, I knew when I walked into her classroom 
I knew I was heard and valued and known and all that kind of stuff. But Mrs. Jones had high expectations for me. And I'm so glad that she had that. And she didn't make excuses. And I think um, it's really important to keep those two things in tension um, because we get um, we get one shot at helping these students um, achieve what they want to achieve. And it's not a it's not a job that is there's no such thing as a throwaway comment. There's no such thing as an off day. There's no such thing as a wasted week or term or year. These are really important things. And 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 we need to make sure that we are um, expecting the best from our students because they can do it. There's never been a student that hasn't met or exceeded expectations that that I've had for them because kids are kids are pretty amazing. And very likely too, that also comes from, you know, knowing your kids well and setting exactly. those individualized expectations for them as well too. So it, it makes yeah. them feel empowered that yeah. you're not setting them something that they're going to constantly feel like a failure. Kids are allowed to have successes yeah. big and small. Yeah. And they may not like a student in year three may not achieve end of year three outcomes, but what we expect is that it would be a year's worth of growth for mm. each year spent in school. And that mm. may mean that little Johnny is back again. It might mean that little Johnny <laughs> is, uh, is in year four, but is working, started the year, started year four working in a year one outcome. And by the end of year four, he's working in a year two outcome. That's great. He's made progress. He may not be where he needs to be, but, but you're right Beck. Like we need to um, make sure that we are individualizing for our students and also providing them feedback that's meaningful and useful uh, because yeah, there's a lot at stake and it's worth getting right. Absolutely. Now, I think we want to make sure you've officially uh, set aside some time to look at your calendar because we would love to block you back in for another episode where we can delve into teacher feedback. So we'll be in touch with you on that one. (laughs) But for now, where can our listeners keep in touch with you? Yes. Uh, so uh, I'm on Twitter. I think my Twitter handle, <laughs> I'll have to check this, is either Matthew with one T green or it could be Matthew O green. So what I'll do is I'll send all this stuff through to you. Um, and also, <laughs> the actually don't know. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, but I think, I don't know, I'll send everything through to you. So you've got that. Um, but yeah, I'd, as you mentioned before, um, I, I run a podcast called The Art of Teaching and it's just conversations with people like yourselves about how we can, uh, how we can um, continue to improve. So please, please reach out and say hi. Um, I'd love your thoughts and feedback. Um, but yeah, I'd love to connect with you with any of your audience. Awesome, Aaron. Do you want to wrap us up tonight? Absolutely. Are we going to do a few quick takeaways before we finish up? Absolutely. Although my takeaways, um, <laughs> because we've had, there's been like so much that we've been talking about um, that, I'm, that I'm like thinking on now um, is basically making sure that my feedback is, um, is timely. And I love what you said back about um, it really comes down to knowing our kids and knowing when to give the feedback that's going to make the most impact yeah. for them. Um, you know, I mean, I think that's really important and really thinking about, I've been thinking about that in the conversation we've been having tonight around like we differentiate everything that we do. Um, but am I differentiating my feedback and taking into account some of those things that I know um, certain students need? Yeah. So that's my takeaway. What about you, Beck? 
I think what I'm going to take away is around um, the way in which we're targeting how explicit we are on on that feedback. So, yeah, whether you you whether you are using Lisk or the Walt or the Will for all of those things, there are just models of explicit. Um, modeling around your expectations for the lesson and what goes in there. And that can be differentiated too, depending on your class, like you said, mm. with, you know, Johnny and Sheila with the full stops or having something more complex and around showcasing someone's, for lack of a word, personal best. It's someone achieving their own their own goals and how explicit you are around that. And it can be, you know, having that showcase of pieces and not saying this is the best and everyone achieves that, this is someone's personal best and they achieved their own success criteria and then now they're moving on to something else. I think building up that culture is something that will make feedback uh, less intimidating for kids in the classroom, yeah. regardless of their age. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think it's sort of similar to what you're saying, Aaron. I, I think like the closer, the realisation that the closer we can get to the task the more meaningful the, the feedback can be. So that whole idea that um, that fee- effective feedback is like it occurs during the learning when there's still time for the student to do something with it. And so I think I'm going to work. It's a continual process, I think, for me to, to try and get as close as I can to the task that's happening and provide feedback and support during that task. So I think I'm going to get a bit better at that because uh, it's a constant struggle because we're, we're busy and we've got a lot on, but I really want to try and um, really want to try and do that with my students. I think a good way to uh, tread waters in that too is peer feedback. We've got yeah. those opportunities mid-session for the peers to just be, even if it is a check-in with um, a checklist of things that you're meant to be doing in this particular yeah. task, you know, that peer option to just be able to go to your buddy over there, you know, you forgot your full stops. Yeah. That's okay. It's not critical. Mm. Not going to get my feelings hurt. Thanks, mate. Totally forgot to do those. Excellent. Like I think um, empowering our kids to be able to do that for each other is um, yeah, uh, a highly valuable thing in the classroom. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We will wrap it up with a to be continued as we'd like to get Matt back on the show for another episode. So stay tuned. We will have him back soon. As always, you can find us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at the Teacher Takeaway Podcast. Hit us up with a message. If you have another guest that you think would be great to come on the show or any topics that you'd like to hear us talk about, New South Wales teachers have just gone into holidays and my Queensland peers are in the middle of holidays at the moment and various people in various states Wherever you're at, I'm sure you're about to have a break at some point and I hope you're getting some rest and relaxation. But otherwise, we will still be plugging along for our next episode and we look forward to speaking with you then. Thanks, everyone.